right, welcome. Good morning. This is uh, the first official podcast uh, in the room here. You've got uh, Pastor Brian Cordell, who's um, really uncomfortable with having a microphone in my face. I'm used to the, the lapel ones that you don't see those. To my right, I got Maggie. She's um, 12 years old, going on 36. So, And then um, Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. I'm 47. Is that we <laughs> have to give our age? age? Is that <laughs> I tell the kids I'm in 38th grade. <clears throat> 38th grade. Well, I don't that's even know. Official. Like you take your age in minus five, so it would put me actually in 42nd yeah, grade. I'd be in 42nd grade. I saw oh, well. some 50th graders fighting the other day. It was pretty scary. They were big dudes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you look good for your age. That's thanks. I, I will say that. Thanks. Thanks. It's unfortunate that we're. This is a podcast and not a video cast. I may take pictures of you. So, well, I'm, I'm wearing shorts <laughs> next time. I put pants on for this. I didn't have to. Yeah. Should we just start entirely over? <laughs> no, this is good. This is good banter. All right, good, good, good. That's banter is not my strength. I um. Oh yeah. All right. So um, should we dive into some material then? Yes. Yeah? yes. Let's. Let's. No. We're gonna talk. No. Maggie. So Maggie's only with us a short time. Then Maggie has to go. Um, helped lead a Sunday school class. So Maggie, thanks in advance for getting all your comments in as quickly as possible. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple weeks and we're going to go through the gospel of Matthew. And we're going to look at it, uh, follow the story of Jesus from beginning to end, but we're going to follow it from a particular perspective. And that perspective is what is it that Jesus is telling to his disciples? So when he talks, when he talks, he talks to all sorts of crowds, right? He talks to the masses, he talks to the sick. Um, but he, there are several times in the Gospel of Matthew and in the other Gospels where Jesus pulls aside his inner group, his 12, and speaks directly to them. And so uh, we're going to go through, through the, the Gospel of Matthew, and any time it says, and Jesus said to his disciples... Uh, those are that's where I'm going to focus my our our weeks and our lessons, and um, and that'll allow us to see what it was Jesus meant for those early disciples, and then you know of course we we can take that information then and say if I want to be a disciple today, what does this mean to me? Um, I don't plan on spending much time in the application. I think that that's that's something that you guys could do right, and so you guys feel free to ask me questions to interrupt me. So does that make me like Peter? And you're Jesus. I am not and, Jesus. And, and Whoa. <laughs> we, we are doing this from my perspective. I feel like I'm the first disciple here, just no, you know, I, being I, a part. I, if of the anything, podcast. I'm Grandpa reading you a story. Oh, and you are and you are are putting yourself into the story. I uh, I am uh, not Jesus, so don't don't mistake that. Um, that sounds good, right? I like it. I All like right. it. And so uh, we're calling this series the Students of Jesus, or uh, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so let's start with the word disciple, because I think that the disciples got a, uh, a heavy church baggage to that word, right? So you say disciple, what do you think? Maggie, um, what do you think? Like maybe teacher or just a follower of God. Follower. Or that's, Jesus. That's one of the, the translation of the word disciple. It's a follower. Jeff, disciple, anything else? This dude in robes that just kind of follows Jesus around, almost like, like uh, a groupie. Well, I mean, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you said that's got that baggage, right? Where yeah, yeah. at times a disciple is, is, could be viewed in a very positive way, but it's also like this groupie that's just kind of following this person along. And so then the question is, is, is what they're following noble 
if it is, then that's a positive thing. If it's a yeah. wackadoo, then they're also it's like not. they're also like the messenger because Jesus tells them news and they just like share it with everyone else. Okay, Maggie, thanks for ruining week three, four, and five, because now <laughs> we're done. Okay, inside. that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. You're exactly right. And so they, um, they're Jesus' earlier to follow, earliest followers. There is inside circle. Uh, but more important than that, they, uh, when Jesus ascends into heaven, they then shoulder the responsibility. They have to make this thing work. And so we're going to see kind of the evolution of, of a disciple. So from where they start, and that's where we're going to go today. Uh, there, there are some verses in Matthew that um, we're going to skip over uh, regarding Jesus' birth and all, and we're going to just dive into where these um, students. And so that's the word I want to use for for uh, us uh, to get rid of the the baggage of the word disciples. We're going to talk about this group of followers as Jesus' students. I like that better because why do you like that? Because you know what a student looks like, and right, exactly. And the, and the, and the, and the student. Yeah, is is it's something easier to relate to because we've all been students or we are students. You are. You should be a fiftieth grader <laughs> with that. How smart you are, Maggie. So it is a um, a student. Um, the the only thing I want to add though is if we're saying student, I want you to remember that that they don't just show up for class. That that these are followers. They're apprentices of Jesus who who ultimately do a lot of their learning from their relationship with Christ. It's not just that the things that they're hearing in lectures, it's the things that they see him do, it's the things that he, he'll send them out with tasks. Um, and, and it's those things that make them um, graduate level students, right? Instead of, instead of uh, a, simple, a simple student that, that shows up uh, just for class. So um, I, I can tell you throughout the Bible, there are these, these teacher-student relationships. In the Old Testament, the, the word disciple is, is pretty rare. Um, Elijah and Elisha are, is a good example. Uh, Elisha was a disciple of Elijah, um, and uh, he, he taught him, and he followed him, and he, he essentially, when, when Elijah's time was done, he handed him the yoke, and, and so Elisha had to, had to continue. Um, so let's, uh, let's turn our attention then. Let's turn our attention to what it would be like to, to be uh, a disciple in the time of Jesus. So here we are. It's the year, um, what are we, 30 AD, okay, right-ish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Jesus was born at zero. Uh, he began his ministry about 30 years. So what's it like for the, the Jewish people at this time? They lived in cities. A lot of them had um, rural jobs, farming, um, fishermen, as, as we're going to see in today's story. And it wasn't your... So who was it that became a, um, a student in the church? Who was it that became a student of the temple of a rabbi? Uh, it's, not your, it's not your typical uh, person, right? So all young Jewish men, and, and, and some females, I believe, start off and, and they went to school. And there was only one school. There wasn't like school with English class and principal. Their, their school was the... the House of Book, or uh, pardon my Hebrew, but it's Bet Sefer. Okay, so they go to this earliest school, and what are they studying in their earliest school? They're studying the book, which is the Bible, mm-hmm. which is specifically the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, right? Right. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and de- 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 Deuteronomy. Yeah, right. thank you, Maggie. Um, so that's that's school for them, right? 
and, and, and they didn't learn English, they didn't learn math, they went to school and they, they learned what these scriptures meant, they learned who God was, and that was the schooling of, of young children. Now, if they were um, lucky, if they were wealthy and they didn't have to go to work then at a, at a young age, uh, then as you graduated from that school, you would begin the next school, which is the house of learning. So we go from the book, which is just learning the words, um, what does it say, okay? The house of, of learning is a little more, what does it mean? And so this is, this is the next level of student, okay? And so some of the young Jewish boys would move into the second school, and uh, they would focus on the, the written law. They would focus on the prophets. They would, they would learn um, a, a little bit more of, of, of what was in the scriptures. It was, they would learn what, the things that other rabbis had said about the scriptures, the things that had been written down over the years in the traditions. Okay? And then if you were lucky enough to be one of the chosen who uh, would probably spend your life as a rabbi, then you would move into that third um, house of instruction, which is um, Bet Midrash, uh, and that's instruction. So it was book, learning, and instruction. And so instruction, they learned the oral law, and they're, they're looking for a deeper understanding. They begin to deal with the doubts that they might have. They begin to do some application. What does this mean to us? Um, but again, the, the material that they're studying is, is the ancient um, scriptures. It's, it's the, the words of the prophets and the books written by uh, Moses in the Torah. Um, and so you can see the last thing that, that, that they would learn as students is this interpretation. What does it mean and how do, how do we apply it? Okay, so we're going to start with, with Jesus' disciples, and we can assume that they probably made it through at least that, that first set of schooling, the house of book. And they have, they've, they have a general understanding of the scriptures. They know who God is. They know the stories that are in there. Um, but chances are, because of the jobs that you're going to see that they have, it's, it's a pretty good bet that they didn't, um, didn't have those further schooling and, right. and deeper studies of the scripture. And so a lot of times when Jesus is telling them something, um, application and all, it may be the first time they're hearing it. The other thing to know, uh, as you think about who it is that's teaching the Torah, the, um, if you're teaching it, you can't be paid to do so. Uh, so you can't like enroll a student in private school so that he'll be a great rabbi. Uh, that wouldn't be fair, right? And so I think it's a, it's a social justice practice that rabbis um, can't, can't be paid for teaching the Torah. And so um, the people who are teaching it then are rabbis who, who um, have that as a career, right? Who, who are rabbis and they're getting taken care of because of their rabbi duties. And, and whatnot. Um, and then, of course, if you are born in the house of Liv Levi, uh, chances are that's the priestly family, and um, uh, you're more likely then to 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 be a uh, to be a rabbi. You get a stipend uh, that family receives so that they can study in the temple, and they'll have the resources to become the priests that they were meant to be. So a lot of them didn't have to go to work. So a lot of who? The rabbis. That's, because they were able to continue with the education. I like, I like to think of it as, um, and this is my best understanding, is that, that it depends where you are. So if you're in the big city of Jerusalem, yeah. uh, the rabbis there don't work, right? They're, they have a full-time job. There are plenty of students. But there are other scenarios, especially in rural places, where a rabbi would, um, would have a, a tradesman job. And, um, and so he would be, you know, um, 
making tents or something. And, and as he's doing his trade, he'd have these students who are helping him make tents, but also the dialogue that they're having is to talk about well, tent making, yeah. but also to, to have a dialogue about what it means to uh, understand the Torah. Uh, and so, Do you know the definition for rabbi? Because I feel like we're not really explaining Do you know the, the definition of rabbi? I haven't said it yet, have I? Okay, rabbi is teacher. And, um, and so I, I guess I originally, since there was only one subject, and that was the Old Testament and the Torah, uh, the, when you say teacher, that's what they're teaching. Um, but in all actuality, that, that word now means you know, a whole lot of things. And so when you say teacher, I, I think that's why follower of Jesus is, is meant to be um, a student. And that, I think that's, that's real helpful to understand that relationship that a student has with a rabbi. I like that Maggie's kind of... Yep. Policing us to kind of be bring us back the foundations here. Nice yeah. job, Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. Right, bye. Maggie, you have a good day. Please. I think the collective wisdom of the room just dropped a bit. <laughs> she's she keeping dad honest. Had, Do you yeah, like that? Keeping dad like... asking all the good questions. Yeah. No, but I think that's a good explanation because where I was going with that is, you know, if you had people that didn't have to go work for the family they could continue their studies. That's one thing, but I like the analog that you had to the rural rabbis where there was a balance, right? Where you're preaching the word, but you're also um, yeah. working and, and with a lot of the people that you're trying to connect to. And to me, I'm wondering if that, as we explore the term disciple, you know, does that start to take on new meaning where I am set apart from you because I just tell you as that example of a rabbi in a big city versus a, a rabbi that is working in the rural setting where they're, they may be coworkers, they may be colleagues. There's a different dynamic at play there in terms of then building a following. So what's your, what's your gut tell you about Jesus's relationship? Do you see him more as which, which one of those two models? More of the rural. Yeah. Because he's, they're doing things while while he's teaching them this this stuff, yes, we'll see that as we go. Okay. Yes, yes, and, and so Good. that's an it. To me, I'm, I'm I, now I'm I'm watching that with interest. Listening is in, with interest to see does that change the dynamic in terms of how he was able to build the connection with the disciples differently. Now there are periods of time in the Bible where he does have more of that um, uh, elevated stature, right? But I think that grows over time. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think the work that they were doing, I mean, we know Jesus was um, craftsman is, is the translated word, and, and we've taken that to mean um, woodworker, but mm -hmm. it, a lot of people read it as stoneworker because there wasn't a whole lot of wood back there. Yeah. Um, and there, we don't see the disciples doing wood or stonework, right? But what they are doing, they're setting up tents, they're trying to feed people, they're, um, they are fishing, and they're, they're gathering food and, and um, building camp because he's constantly moving on them. And so, you know... I, and then eventually they're, they're doing the work that he has them do, which is healing and um, teaching, and, and we'll get to all that. So um, it's good. The last thing I want to mention, uh, so age-wise, it, the, the oldest a boy would, would go to, to Hebrew school, um, specifically the House of Book, they would be done by age 13, okay? So by age 13, their education has ended, and, and they're starting to learn a trade or a pr apprenticeship uh, to begin whatever their lifelong career is going to be. Um, 
And so for some people, that was uh, fishermen. And so I, today's story, we're going to start with uh, Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22. And we're going to see what it was, um, what happened uh, with these earliest disciples who, again, didn't think, they, they left school, they graduated, uh, didn't think that they were going to spend their life um, as on their way to becoming rabbi, right? And so I'm reading from the... Uh, um, New Revised Standard Version, and I'm going to start uh, 4, 18 through 22. So I'll read it, and then I'm going to have Jeff give you his, his initial interpretation of it. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And he went from there. He saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Jeff, got what to tell you. What well, did you, you see there? He's using an interesting tactic to get them to follow, right? They're out there fishing, I would presume, for their own food, for their own purposes. I think it's for their trade. but yeah. For their trade, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I will make you fish for people, right? I'm trying to un interpret what that means. Does that mean then I will help you dramatically expand your customer base and so follow me? You know, uh, instead of just fishing for whatever small um, operation you now... I can make this bigger for you. And you kind of, so I kind of joke a little bit that, you know, um, were they young guys wooed by greater opportunity? Or as you kind of dwell on that, is it not just monetary, but it now has more of a symbolic um, meaning to it, which is I'm going to, you follow me, I will help you expand the impact of what you do to a broader group. But what about, are they, do they know that they're going to change what they do? I don't think they do. That's the thing that also is perplexing <laughs> here is, you know, to get these two guys to leave their father. Just say, hey, I'm going to leave you in your boat behind. I'm going to follow you, right? Yeah, yeah. Good luck pulling the net up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good luck, old man. Um, you know, yeah, what, what was... Beyond the written word here, what was that draw? What what possessed two sons to just abandon their father in a boat and follow this guy? And and that's where I go back to, I'll make you fish for the people or the why. What was the why in that message that caused them to immediately drop what they were doing to follow him? That's where I uh, my so mind goes. The other thing that, that gets me with this is he says, follow me. And they drop their nets and fall on. Like, I feel like there was a, a dialogue left out there, right? Totally, it, totally. He, he literally said like six words to them and they, they dropped their nets and followed him. That's not enough. I mean, I me. repeat myself every day to my kids to pick up their room. And follow. <laughs> I'm, I'm heading to the car. Follow they me. They don't follow me. Follow me. <laughs> they don't do anything in two words. It's well, perfect. we've already established you and I are not Jesus. So. This is well, <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. That's but a good point. I just... Um, I once saw a, uh, 
Oh my gosh, it was one of those made-for-TV movies about Jesus of Nazarene, I want to say it was. Okay. And, and they were doing the Gospel of John, and um, and they were very careful. They were only using texts from the Bible, so they weren't adding this additional dialogue that you and I are imagining. And in it, Jesus says to, I think it was John, follow me. And then he's, he's a little reluctant, but they didn't want to add dialogue in there, so they're just kind of staring at each other. And then Jesus puts his hand out and like waves him like four times. He, goes, he just pulls it. You're like, come on, come on. He doesn't say anything. He just just waves him on. And John's like, but look, I I, I don't know. And, come on, come on. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. And that's why I don't know the, the way. I like to think that maybe there's more text there, but maybe these men just just under had faith that, that we don't have a I don't have a grasp on. Well, I mean, it's hard to put yourself back in that time. You know, you don't understand. We, I mean, we don't maybe have a clear appreciation for, you know, what life was like then, you, you know. And, um, you know, if, if you're in a very dire, you know, uncomfortable situation and there's any type of, of hand that comes and says, follow me, and the perception is, regardless of what it is, it's going to be hundreds of times better than the certain... The, it's a setting I find myself in. You you follow it, right? So I, I think there's probably, you know, dialogue that wasn't captured, but there's also probably some contextual clues that aren't here as well that may cause someone to, to be motivated to do something, even if there isn't a lot of that additional uh, dialogue. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I, uh, I ask my kids to do things all the time. They don't do it. <laughs> So uh, as, as we, I kind of want to close with a few little points here that we've learned from the text today um, so that, that, that we can see why Jesus is going to be different than the other rabbi of his time, okay? For starters, he, he chose unqualified disciples. He didn't choose the person who had been through the three schools of the Torah. He chose a fisherman. And later we see he chooses a tax collector and a revolutionary. He's all over the place as far as his qualifications go for who can follow him, which, again, I think is a comforting message. Well, if, if you know, everyone hates the tax collector, if he can follow Jesus, I can follow Jesus. Um, but if you were about to, to have the greatest impactful ministry the world has ever seen, is that where do you start? You know, like, I, and, and God and Jesus, that, there's a plan. There's, there's something going on there about um, who these disciples are. And it, it, maybe this will make even following their, their journey insightful for us because we'll, we'll get to see um, what it's like for every man to, to, to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You think about it. Every right. person. I'm sorry, Jeff. Every person, every person. to right. follow Jesus. But you think about it. You know, is it strategic to take somebody whose mind has not been melded with the conventional thinking at the time? Or, you know, is it more impactful as disciples to pull people from all walks of life because then your message starts to resonate further. Go back to my analogy earlier where Jesus is more closer to the rural um, rabbi than the big city rabbi. Right. You know, how, how do we build that trust um, faster and more readily? It's demonstrating to the people you are trying to convert that you are more like them than someone else. Yeah. The disciples are more like us than someone yeah. else. No, Jesus is... No, no, the, yeah, right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To, well, but, so that's, but that's why he's equipping these guys, these, why, these why he's selecting them? Why he's selecting them to be <laughs> right. his disciples, because yeah. then 
I can be a disciple of Christ because I sure. am more like that person than if I had he had picked the yeah. the the. I mean that if you think about you know political campaigns, right? When they try to relate to a voter, it's I'm just like you. Yeah, I take my coat off when I, I speak. take yeah. yes. <laughs> it's not, but you know, a, a lot of people that run for office are born into immense wealth and you know are in fact separate from the people the electorate that they're they're trying to elect them but they try to make that connection back because then it makes mm-hmm. it more relatable sure and and what you're going to see as we read the gospel of Matthew um, is that he presents them in a positive light the disciples like they're all, they're trying they're trying but he's going to show their weaknesses he's going to make them he's going to show you that they're people they have their doubts that they screw up that that even though Jesus is showing them miracles, they still have these doubts. And, and I, I, those are the kinds of things I think that you're talking about. The things that make them human is, is what makes us such a good story. Yes. Um, okay. I, I wanted to wrap again with, with those closing thoughts. So, so Jesus called to his disciples who are an unlikely crowd. He took those disciples. He taught them in, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes in, in groups. And then sometimes uh, you'll see he... When he's preaching to a bigger group, he kind of he sets them in front of him, right? So he's talking to them, but he's also speaking to the masses. These guys they get to see miracles, uh, which is cool. I don't know how you how do you keep screwing up and have your doubts when you're actually seeing these incredible things. Um, and then uh, eventually, you're going to see as as we get towards the end of the story that that he begins to um, the word I used was hand the yoke, right? So uh, the yoke is the the thing that goes across the um, ox's uh, shoulders when he's plowing a field, and and Jesus is going to hand that over. In other words, they have to carry the heavy weight of doing this ministry uh, when he ascends into heaven. He assigns the ministry to them. But before he does that, he gives them little tasks along the way. And so we're going to see these guys go from fishermen to to being the foundation of of the church of Jesus Christ, which is just an incredible journey. And... um, and so that's our goal. And uh, we see that the, the final thing I'm going to leave you with is, is way at the end, just so you can see, see we've begun as fishermen, and then the final task that Jesus gives them is from Matthew 28, and it's the Great Commission. And the commission means like job, right? <laughs> Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we can see the, the task that these disciples are going to end up with is to go into the world, to all of it, all nations, uh, to baptize people uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the most epic train-the-trainer program. Yeah. I I wanted to say multi-level marketing, but this isn't quite that, is it? No, No, it's it's more (laughs) train-the-trainer. All right, Jeff. uh, Thank you for your time. This is great. Yeah, it's a journey. This is a a journey, and we're going to follow... Uh, what happens to these disciples next time? And the the very next one, he's gonna he's gonna speak to him. I'm not gonna do all the call stories, but we're gonna say Jesus said to his disciples, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Next time. Let's. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and close this in a prayer. How That'd about be great. That? Yeah, sir. Almighty God, uh, we thank you for for this brief time. Uh, we thank you for the great teacher that we have in Jesus Christ, and we pray that you make us students. Uh, the way you made um, the disciples, Simon, and Peter, and John, and James, and all of, all of them to be uh, followers of, of Jesus Christ, to, to learn the lessons that he had, but also to, to be with him and be in relationship with him so that they can see what he was all about, understand who he was, so that they could complete their mission. 
And uh, we pray that, that we find those same opportunities to know Jesus so that we might complete our mission. We thank you for this time and bless us this week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.